What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, got some seriously sad news. The West Coast Archery shoot, as everybody has seen online, has been canceled. We are working on trying to figure out a great day to put on an event at the archery shop. Come on down, hang out, have a good time, see what we can try to come up with during this insane time that we're living in. The Dead Eye Golf Tournament on June 13th is still a go. I hope to see everybody there. You can check out Dead Eye Outfitters at www deadeyeoutfitters.com or you can check them out on Instagram. The golf tournament is going to be off the hook. Insane. Really great time in Reno. I hope to see everybody there. Come out for the whole weekend. It's going to get nasty. You were saying you were kind of relatively new to the whole idea of hunting. Yeah. You know, I've been hunting for deer hunting for about three years now. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a total of maybe three weeks total in my life <laughs> in my life deer time, hunting. time in the field yeah yeah but um you know man it's just it's it's fun i love it yeah i absolutely love it so i'm just gonna keep doing it man until until i can actually get one <laughs> it's funny uh do you know charles whitwam no charles whitwam he goes by the instagram handle shadow tracker or shadow tracker adventures or Something along those lines. He's a pig hunter. and Is that a Zen? Yeah. Do you have it? Can I have one? Yeah, dude. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I quit, oh. I quit Copenhagen about two years ago, and that's the only thing that keeps me sane. Dude, I quit smoking. I started smoking cigarettes, Rollies, this year for the first time in like 10 years. 12 yeah. years. 12 years. Fucking 12 years, man. Really? And you started up again. Yeah, this year, because I was out of Backwoods, and my buddy rolled into camp with some rollies, and I was like, well, the rollies, you know, I'll get away with it. Yeah. And that was in November, after not having smoked anything for like three months or something like that, or two months. And uh, we were in the desert, and sitting there, my buddy rode up on horse and jumped off and rolled up a smoke, and I was like, that's the most cowboy shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm start smoking rollies. And uh, dove back into it and smoked all the way until sheep show. Yeah. And was dying at sheep show. You know, light fever, cough, the whole deal. I swear it was COVID. <laughs> swear. And uh, ended up, um, what do you call it? Ended up getting on some Zen. My buddy Mark hooked me up with some Zen, and he was like, try this. And I haven't smoked since. Dude, they help. They yeah. help so much. The only thing I don't like about them is the stupid name. Zen? Yeah, I don't know why. It's pretty gay. Yeah. I'm it, just glad I don't drink White Claws yeah. and take Zen. <laughs> I'll take some White Claw and Zen. Hurry up. <laughs> Everybody, dude. Everybody I, loves White Claw, dude, man. Dude, I tried like two of them. I went to uh, our, our local grocery store, and they had one of those banana boxes full of random beers in there uh -huh. for 10 bucks. I was like, 10 bucks? All right. Half of them were White Claw, and I was like, all right, everybody's talking about it. I might as well try it. I, I drank half one. I was like, this is, I don't want this crap, dude. It's gross. <laughs> You're all yeah. not trying to deal with this. No, no. I, uh, not my thing. Not yeah, at all. Totally. I get it. 
I get it. So anyways, back to what we were talking about. So you've only been into hunting for three years. Well, big game hunting, three years. Yeah. I, okay. I, I started out bird hunting, uh, pheasant and quail. My, my buddies got me into it. And um, then like three years ago, uh, my buddy at church, he was talking about deer hunting. I was like, dude, I, I've, I'd love to try that. Mm-hmm. So we actually canoed to the back backside of Spicer. And, um, you know, we hunted for like three days. Didn't see anything, but I loved every minute of it, you know. So... Then um, I had some other friends that invited me to go up with them and for a week. And one of them, one of, one of the guys in the group got a deer and I got to skin it and gut it and everything. And, and dude, I just fell in love with it. Yeah. I, you know. Well, you said, you know, that first trip, maybe you, you went out on kayak or, or whatever it was and you just fell in love with it. What about it did you fall in love with? Like what, what was the pinnacle point either on that trip or just all of it coming together for you what made you just be like wow this is really i love the outdoors well i i grew up fishing you yeah. know and when i was in high school we used to go me and my dad and grandpa would drive up into idaho for a week we'd come in through twin falls and go all the way up into montana and we'd sleep in the car up to jackpot uh no we'd go up like through stanley uh-huh. stanley idaho and we made it into montana and it was so long ago, I don't even remember where we ended up, but, yeah. sorry, it's my fault. You're good. But, um. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. Huh. Is that one of your homies? Uh, no, that's my boss. Oh. I haven't <laughs> talked to him in a month and a half. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so I've always loved the outdoors and, and everything, and my dad was never into hunting, um, but as far as, like, falling in love with the deer hunting, I think it was just being outside and pursuing pursuing something so elusive you mm-hmm. know at least for me for me they're elusive you know and Dude, for everybody don't and 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 for you as a new hunter and i'm sure that you see this a lot too don't let social media trick you <laughs> into thinking that everybody kills big deer or there's always deer around like and especially here for us californians man like that's not the case. You yeah. Know, it's totally not the case. So don't be too hard on yourself about it. You know. Your daughter can be hard on you. But yeah. Well, she we'll get is. to that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, dude, I, I just love. So I like being outdoors anyway. And if I can carry a rifle with me and, and pursue something and get some of the best meat that God ever made in the process, dude, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm I'm hooked, man. I yeah. love it. Is it? Would you say that hunting is a spiritual experience for you? You know, I'm I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm a follower of Jesus 100, percent and I love going to church. You yeah. know, and I have experienced the Holy Spirit in church, but never like I have outdoors. Mm-hmm. You know, being in God's creation and and um, dude, there, there's just there's nothing like it. I I for me, I felt God the most in my life. When I'm on a mountain. 100%. I agree. I agree with you 110%. And for me, the most beautiful part about us agreeing together is that I've never been really religious in one direction or another or anything like that. But I believe that our our creator, God, um, 100% had just made the most marvelous, miraculous stuff. And 
the experiences that we can experience in the outdoors especially when we're alone and it's all of our senses are so heightened yeah you know and they're so elevated to such a level that like you're listening for twigs to snap you're listening for the pounce of a deer you know running away you know or yeah jumping or whatever you want to call it like it's it's amazing and that's one thing that i just i love so much about the outdoors because it can bring so many different people and so many different walks of life together and everybody feels more spiritually connected and spiritually grounded yeah when they're outside you know it I remember asking my grandpa when I was a kid, I said, what makes you, you know, why do you believe in God? And he said, he said, anybody that can see the sunrise over a mountain and doesn't believe in God is in God is out of his mind. Uh And, you know, (laughs) he's 80 something years old. He's got his own ways about him. But I, I agree, dude, just being in God's creation and there's just nothing like it. And for some people like my wife, she's she's a beach nut. She loves the beach. Mm -hmm. For me, eh, it's a giant sandbox with some water. But you put me on a mountain and dude i could live up there no problem i love it yeah and to be able to you know try to um i don't know i guess partake in it by hunting Mm -hmm. and pursuing and taking an animal dude uh, there's just nothing better it's the rawest and truest form of nature absolutely we were put here to hunt and fulfill our needs as a predator and a human being yep and it's all encompassing yeah you know it's it's you know as as Robbie Kroger would always say it, it's in our blood yeah you know it, I mean? it absolutely and is. it is in our blood it is in our blood and it's something that gets so missed so you're coming into three years as a new hunter um for big game mm-hmm. um what was it like for you when you first kind of came up with the idea that you wanted to get into hunting how was that do you want to talk about that? Yeah, or? no, that's yeah. fine. That's okay, fine. Cool. <laughs> so my my I've I've been married for 17 years, and my wife is um, I love that woman like nobody's business. She's your rock. She she is 100. You know, and they say opposites attract, and I didn't really notice that as much until I rolled over one day about 16 years ago, and I said, you know, I think I might want to try duck hunting one day. And she rolled over and she said, if you ever go hunting, I will leave you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, whatever. You know, <laughs> I was 20 years old. Fleeting you know. thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then some, some friends of mine, you know, they got, they were really into it. And I was like, you know, I really do want to try this. And so, uh, she talked to my dad cause my dad's the, the family mediator. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't take sides one way or the other. What's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. Mm-hmm. And he told my wife. Um, let him go hunting. Don't give him a hard time about it. First time he kills something, he's going to feel so bad and so guilty, he'll never do it again. And then I dropped my first pheasant, and I was hooked for life, dude. (laughs) I was like, I will do this till the day I die, man. Yeah. (laughs) But um, just always being in outdoors, I I love it. And, you know, I love fishing, but I like hunting a lot more. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's addicting. Yeah. What'd you spend your time fishing for? Uh, I've, I've bass fished for quite a while, but uh, when largemouth striped bass or uh, largemouth, I'm more of a lure fisherman. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do bait much. I'm just not that patient, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but um, 
my favorite fishing in the world is uh, fishing a trout stream with spinners. Mm-hmm. I, I've tried fly fishing and now I'm terrible at it, so I need to practice because that's a lot of fun too, catching them on a fly. But, you know, uh, I told my daughter one time, you know, the quarter ounce uh, red and yellow Panther Martin is the best lure ever made. And <laughs> man, you can catch trout on those things all day long. Yeah. Yeah. How cool, man. How cool, yeah. I was always a big bait guy. Really? Yeah, not not lakes and streams though. Um, uh, out in the bay and in the ocean. Yeah. Sturgeon, halibut, stripers, all that kind of stuff. Just because I grew up in the Bay Area. Right. You got it right there. Got it right there. And and I'll tell you what, man. If you've never gone bait fishing for a sturgeon and caught, you know, I think my biggest sturgeon I ever caught was seventy six inches, and I caught oh. it on a twelve weight fly rod. Oh my gosh, man. It was just a battle, man. So much fun. So much energy goes into that. (laughs) I went, I went sturgeon fishing three times Mm -hmm. before I caught my first sturgeon. And on the third time I was like, dude, this is so boring. If I don't catch one tonight, then I'm, you know, I gave it a shot. It wasn't (laughs) for me. And then I caught a sturgeon and I was like, dude, no wonder people do this, you know, sit for 12 hours and watch the tip of a pole because once it hits, that fight is unreal, yeah, man. 45 minutes, hour and a half, yep. two hours. You know, sometimes you got to pull anchor and drift with it. Yeah, you, know, you got to chase it. Yeah. Dude, it's those things. And talk about killer meat. Yeah. Oh, man, they're so stinking good. And you'd think that a, that a, a mud sucker, essentially, is not going to be – you know, bottom feeding fish is not going to be good. Right. And I've had sturgeon that blows the door off of 99% of all fish I've ever had in my life. Yep. You it's know. unreal. It's unreal. Like, I'm not a big fish eater in general. I usually catch and release. Uh-huh. But sturgeon and halibut, man, you just, those those two fish are just unreal. If I you ever them. can, man, you should look up uh I think it's gate crasher fishing the sturgeon sensei. Yeah. And his whole deal is a catch and release for sturgeon. And he'll go out and he'll catch five, six, seven, ten in a day. Oh, my gosh. And it's, man. you know, it's just a full experience on the boat. You yeah. Know, and your rods are going off and doubles, triples, singles, the whole deal. And it's just nonstop action. I'll have to check that out, man. Yeah, check him out, man. He's, he's pretty neat. But um, anyway, so we'll get back into deer hunting. So what's it? <laughs> How difficult has it been for you getting into deer hunting you from know, an outside perspective? From an outside perspective, it's like it, it was kind of frustrating, you know, at first because you're looking at like, where am I legally allowed to go? What are the units, you know? Um, and then that was before I even did anything with the draw, you know, putting in for the draw. I had to have my buddy walk me, you know, basically <laughs> hold my hands like, no, you fill this one out, check this box, whatever. Yeah. Um but like things like the Onyx maps, mm-hmm. that just made it so much more accessible for somebody that didn't grow up doing it. Or know an area. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know. I mean, for me, we'd go to Pinecrest, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> you can't deer hunt in Pinecrest. You know, yeah. we'd go camp there and stuff, and I love being up there, but it's it's just a different animal when you're trying to find wilderness area and and just trying to figure it out so it was it was a little bit challenging at first Mm -hmm. but it's just like anything man you know you look into it you do a little bit of research talk to people who have some knowledge and you know you can navigate it a lot better Mm -hmm. well it was like what we were talking about earlier with cooking you were like how many failed attempts do people have at cooking before they make their first good meal you know yeah and you 
compare it straight across the board to hunting, how many unsuccessful hunts do we have without killing of an animal to the get to the point where, oh, my God, we actually got to kill a big game. Exactly. And you know what? That's like you talked about social media, you know, which social media, it's got its place. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely a great tool and everything. But from an outsider outside point of view, it is easy to be like, oh, dude, this guy gets something every time he hunts. You know, mm-hmm. I've gone turkey hunting since opening day i i've I've went probably four or five times this year and haven't even called one in Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and like i said not the most experienced but you know but you know more spots not to go see there you go you can always take something away from it always every single hunt yeah and it's it's you learn you know and so it's gotten to the point where I'll come home and my daughter's like oh where's the turkey where's this where's that i was like oh i didn't get one she's like oh weird right well and it's yeah. <laughs> and it's the misconceived reality of if you hunt you're going to be successful in the kill yeah and that's not that's not the case no at all i mean i have unsuccessful hunts you know yeah. everybody has unsuccessful hunts it always happens well you know uh um a good friend of mine lonnie he's uh he's going on 60 and he grew up hunting since he was a kid and uh, he told me a while ago, he said, man, if, if you're hunting just for the meat or just for the kill, he said, you're missing out on so much more than it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's absolutely right. Yeah. If that's the only reason you're going, then you're, you're, you're just missing out on, like, camaraderie with being friends. Or when I took my, my little girl up last year, you know, it was four mm-hmm. days in the mountains, just me and her, you know, and it was it was highlight of my life dude. it was awesome girl, dad. that's right girl dad yeah <laughs> you know she's it, it was just um just a great experience that you you, you couldn't pay for yeah. you know and i got to meet you and your daughter last year at west coast archery yeah you were down there picking up her first bow mm-hmm. right and she was kind of starting to get into it and you know really being open-minded about hunting yeah so what has that been like for you being relatively new to hunting yourself and now you get to bring your daughter along with you and you know enlarge that relationship it's been great man you know it's i'm always up front with her if i don't know something which is the majority of the case be Mm -hmm. like i don't know but let's go see if we can figure it out you know and to see her especially because now we live in a small town that's you know mostly rural and stuff so it's not like we live in a city where she would get ostracized for uh hunting or anything like that but to see a 16 year old girl that um is down to go harvest meat herself yeah i just think it's great you know the first time i ever took her we went on an overnight trip squirrel hunting hunting up uh you know uh up 120 Mm -hmm. and i remember telling my wife i was like this is going to be kind of weird. And she's like, why is that? I said, well, because it's just going to be me and Gwenny. I think she was 13 at the time. <laughs> you know, just me and her in a tent, you know. And, um, dude, it was great. Yeah. We laughed. We had a good time. She brought her machete and was chopping everything in sight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she, if, there's, if there's a tree, man, she wanted to put her mark in it and, you know, get a few squirrels. But just that time in the woods alone where there's no, there's no phone. There's no TV. There's no, you know, other friends around. It's just me and her. Dude, it's 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 awesome, man. Mm-hmm. It's really, really great. And you had ended up putting her in for a couple junior hunts. Yeah, yeah. We put her in for a, an either-sex hunt, um, and it was the first one she, she had ever been in. 
And so let's see, she would have been 16. No, yeah, 16 last year when uh, when she got drawn. And I didn't get drawn for the one I was in. And so we tried to kind of work them together, but I told her, I was like, you got your hunt. She was like, oh, you know, she was all stoked. And I said, well, I'll get a bear tag for that zone. That way, you know, I'll carry around a rifle if we see a bear awesome. But this whole week, because I get one, one week's vacation a year. Mm-hmm. And so um, I usually spend that hunting. And so we, uh, I told her, this hunt's all about you, man. We'll, we'll stink and drive all over. We drove places. I got a two-wheel drive truck, man. I should not have been <laughs> in some of these places, dude. Uh-huh. But, you know, the whole thing was just all about getting her on a deer. And uh, it, was, it was just the best four days I've ever, ever had, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was my 35th birthday when we were up there. So we went to a little st- – so she's a 16-year-old girl. So she can hunt in the morning. In the afternoon, you know, she wants to drive to the nearest town, maybe get a soda. There's a couple thrift shops. So, you know, <laughs> had to kind of make it a little bit more not appealing so, to it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Had, had to, um, I don't know what the word is, but make her want to do it, right? I wasn't just going to strap a backpack on her and say, like, oh, this is your. 15 miles. Today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is your home for the next three days. Get comfy, you know. <laughs> So I really wanted it to be something not like, because I know people that don't like fishing or don't like hunting because their, their dad drug them along for years and years when they were kids. And, you know, it's like, better keep up. I didn't yeah. want to do that. I wanted her to enjoy it, you know. So um, she did, you know. She really had a good time, and we're putting in for a draw together this year, even though she won't be able to get a junior tag. Yeah, so that's a big bummer for a lot of parents is yeah. that, you know, if your child's, going to be 17 or if they're 16 while they're putting in now they can put in for a junior hunt and still have a junior hunt when they're 17 if they turn 17 after the draw date right but oh is that the way okay yeah that's the way it works see so she's just figuring this stuff out (laughs) if she yeah for sure well a lot of people don't know this kind of stuff too so if she's 16 and she puts in right now she's still legitimately eligible for a junior hunt then she turns 17 in August. So she could still do a junior oh, hunt. Dude, you can that's still put awesome. her in, Yeah, you can still put her in for junior tags. Um, if she was 17 now, yeah. you couldn't. Okay. Yeah. That's Sweet. how that works. It's it's weird, and a lot of people don't know that. Maybe yeah. it's a loophole. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But Either way, as long as we can legally do it. If she draws the tag when she's 16, it's a junior hunt. Sweet. Then we'll put it. <laughs> You're we'll, all cool. We're doing a junior <laughs> I hunt. thought all our plans got shot to crap, and yeah, we'll check it out. We'll we'll figure out what we're gonna do then. That's oh, cool. awesome. Good. I'm glad. That right on, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, tell me about that hunt. What was that like for you guys? Because she ended up getting to kill an animal. She did. Yeah. We um. So we were up there for four days. And, you know, the first day we got there, her whole thing was like, because I, I, I told her, like, look, this is an either sex hunt, so you can get a doe. I said, and we were up there last year, and I saw a couple bucks, but, man, I must have seen 300 doe. Yeah. And she <laughs> she told me, Dad, I want antlers. I want antlers for my wall. I was like, we'll, we'll do what we can, baby. You know, we'll do our best, you know. And, and uh, I had a lot of help, you know, from you and your buddy that, <laughs> that had, had um, given me some pointers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first three days, it was just really cool because we got there. We set up camp. No one was around the trailer. We were out in the middle of nowhere. Um, 
and she's got to have a heater. So we had to take the trailer. <laughs> um, but we drive, drive and do a lot of hunting. Do we did a little bit of walking, a lot of road hunting, um, and so for the first two days we saw one doe that just took off as soon as she saw us. But that was a little bit of adrenaline, you know, just to keep her kind of interested and excited. And then um, on the last day I said, all right, here's the deal. We're going to get up at 4:30. We're going to go check out this other spot I found on the map, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna drive all over these mountains so we did and we found a doe and she was you know maybe 70 yards away something like that so Gwenny took a shot and she missed and you know what we were both fine with that we're like hey this was awesome you know you got the excitement you know you got to see some deer and she got some squirrels throughout throughout the few days too and um so we're like, ah, it is what it is. You know, we had a great time. Let's head back to camp and, and, and uh, um, pack up. And so, getting ready to go home. Yeah, getting ready to head home. You know, I, we both missed, missed uh, my wife and go home and, and get ready to go to work that next Monday or whatever it was. And so we're driving back, talking and laughing and stuff, and we pull up to the trailer, and there's four deer. 30 yards from the trailer, dude, like <laughs> right there. And Gwenny pointed him out. She's like, deer, deer, deer. I was like, well, get your gun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so she got her gun, and uh, she jumped out, and she walked a little ways, and she took the first shot she completely missed, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the deer were, like, looking around, like, what was that? Yeah. And uh, the second shot she hit kind of back, and so the deer turned and faced her. And the third shot she center punched, man. I mean, really? it, dude, just right in the chest, dropped it right there. And so, um, so there was that deer, and then there were three other doe. But it turns out it was one other doe and then two yearlings. Mm -hmm. And she was all excited. I was excited. You know, we were stoked. So we dragged the deer to a shady area, and, um, you know, and I didn't know what I was doing. I'd, I'd done a deer, you know, with <laughs> help from six other guys a year and a half prior to that. <laughs> yeah. So I got the meat eater cookbook, and there's a section on quartering deer. So I'm having her turn pages, and I'm looking and trying to cut this thing up. I didn't know what I was doing, but the other three deer were standing there watching me. And, dude, I had, like, this, this uh, um, a range of emotion that I did not expect, man. I'm sitting there. I'm throwing rocks at these deers and get out of here you know the, and it was it was kind of gut-wrenching at first mm -hmm. and so i'm cutting up this deer and i was in the back of my mind i was like this is it man you know we did it i'll never do this again you know i feel so i feel so guilty you know and um but i didn't tell my daughter that if she listens to this she'll find out <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but um you know and so we cut it up and and i quartered it took a lot longer than it probably should have, you know, trying to go buy a book. But, um, you know, and she was just stoked, man. She was all excited. And I was excited for her. So then we packed everything up and she, I was whooping her pretty bad at rummy throughout the weekend. <laughs> so she did, she said, dad, before we go, you promised me five more hands of rummy. She wanted a chance to catch up. So I was like, ah, all right, let's play some rummy. So everything was packed up. Everything was in the truck, you know, trailer was all, the pop-out was brought in and everything. And we're sitting there playing rummy. And, of course, I whooped her. You know, I beat <laughs> her bad. <laughs> and and uh, um, then all of a sudden, and the deer was in the coolers in, in the bed of the truck, and the head was there, you know. And so 
we hear something in the, the truck. And I was like, what is that? She's like, I don't know, but I heard it too. And I was like, well, maybe it's a bear, you know. And so I had my handgun, and I, I didn't have any flashlights or anything like that. So the best I could do is turn on the lights of my truck with my keys, and I go out there, and I hear the door slam right behind me. She's all, let me know if you need help. I was like, oh, right on, dude. Yeah. I was like, you got a handgun too. You can come out and help a little <laughs> bit, but no. But, dude, it just, the whole thing from start to finish was um, just a, a father-daughter experience that there's just no replacing. I'll mm -hmm. remember that till the day I die. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. So we'll dive into the dead-eye question here, and, and I'm only doing it because I'm going to relate it to this. So for you as a dad raising a girl hunter, um, what are the things that you see where you're like, God, I hope my daughter never is that type of a hunter or that type of a, a social media hunter or, yeah. or anything like that? Is there anything in your head where you're like, man, I hope we don't go down that road. I don't, you know, or are you not too worried about that kind of stuff? Honestly, dude, it's uh, it's a self-respect thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I see a lot of, especially like uh, fishing, for example, there's a lot of chicks that fish and wearing next to nothing and post mm -hmm. pictures and if that's your thing you know it, it, it's a free country do what you want but i want my daughter if she if she decides to hunt yeah. you know and and decides to pursue that throughout her life i want her to do it for the love of hunting mm -hmm. not for the love of likes and comments and things like that you mm -hmm. know what i mean not for the shock factor like oh look i'm a girl and i hunt you know i want her to do it because she loves it and not to do it um, for attention, I guess. Yeah. I, I, maybe that's not the best way to put it. No, but that's right. But I, I just want her to have confidence in who she is as a young woman and have, um, ha have self-respect. Never use her looks or her body or whatever to get attention. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know, maybe that's not politically correct to say, uh, but regardless, I really don't care. Yeah, well, I mean... It and the reason why I ask that is because, you know, I've always been mortified that if I ever had kids, I'd have a daughter. And not that there's anything wrong with anyone having daughters at all. But, like, I would just be terrified as a dad to have a daughter or, or have a hunting, a hunting daughter. Yeah. You know, or anything like that. And so I always just kind of wonder that from a dad's perspective. What is that like? You know, like what is what's the thought process there? You know, because yeah. you look around today and there's so much. Um, God, Matt Howell said it on a on a podcast on one of the first podcasts. It might have been the fourth one, I think. And uh, you know, he, he was just like sex sells, and the and not I wouldn't say the hunting industry, but a lot of industry is driven off of girls in cute outfits doing things with face paint or you right. know, whatever it is, a hot chick doing whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they have any experience or they know what they're doing or anything like that. It's just a pretty face to sell product. Exactly. You know, and, and so I, I just, I guess the best way to say it is I always wonder for a girl dad, what is that like? You know, you know, it's, it's funny because, we only got the one. You know, we mm -hmm. have one kid. I'm 35 and my daughter's 17, going on 17 in August, yeah. you know. And uh, I always tell, I get asked a decent amount, like, don't you want a son? I was like, I got my son. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I'm, you know, most of the 
guys I know that have sons, they, they can't gut a deer or, you know, shoot or anything like that. My daughter can go and go from wearing, you know, a cute little dress with her hair all done up to the next day. Like, we have a shower in the trailer. Neither one of us took a shower or anything when we were hunting. Yeah. She told me, she was like, Rough we're, we're hunting. Who cares, you know? <laughs> in fact, at her, her gra- eighth grade graduation party, we had a bunch of family over, and I was in the garage with all my uncles and cousins and stuff, all the guys out there drinking a couple beers. And all the women are inside, and my daughter comes out, and she pulls up a chair, and she sits next to me. And I was like, what's wrong? And she goes, there's a lot of girls in there. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, come on out, baby. You yeah. know, she, she's just, um, I tell people, you know, you get it right the first time. Why keep trying? She's just an awesome kid. Yeah. I love that kid to death. Yeah. Sometimes I want to set her on fire, but, you know, that's kids. It's a byproduct of yeah. having a kid, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's so awesome. So for you, what's, you know, like you're putting in this year, obviously. Are you, do you have plans to do out-of-state hunting? Have you not decided to tackle that beast yet? Or are you still focusing on in-state? Well, that the plan was last year I told my, my cousin, I said, look, dude, let's, let's plan a trip to Idaho, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that was the whole plan. But I ended up having hip surgery in December. So I was off for four months you know off of work and then this whole coronavirus thing (laughs) happened so i told him i was like dude i would absolutely love to do it but i just can't spare the you know 2500 or whatever it's going to be the extra money for yeah Yeah. so you know not to mention the time off and and all that stuff so we're just going to kind of focus on on um putting in for a draw and worst case scenario, we'll, we'll hunt our over-the-counter tag as hard as we possibly can, you yeah. know? It's like, I, uh, who was it? Uh, one of the guys, like two podcasts ago, he was talking about how he he would put in for draws that would take him years and years to get, you know? And that's great if that's your thing, but for me, I, I just want to hunt, dude, you know? And I don't care about trophies. I don't care about numbers. If it's, I'd like to get a more mature buck to let the younger ones grow a little mm-hmm. bit. But at this point, I haven't if gotten... If it's legal, yet. if it's legal, it dies. Yeah. But and you know what? And, and too, again, there, man, it's like we're sitting here and, you know, these are all small bucks that I've shot, you know? And, and you can tell the ones I shot with my bow and the ones that were hardhorn. But how long does it take, you know, until I, how long did it take me, I should say, until I got to the point where it's like, I'm going to pass up that buck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is a three by three, you know, or I'm going to pass up, you know, that forked horn right there. or You know, I'm going to pass up these bucks for maybe a better opportunity on a bigger buck. But it took me. It took you a long time to do that? It took me numbers, and it took me a few years to get to the point where I felt comfortable. Excuse me. It took me, yeah, you know, it took time to get to the point where I felt comfortable doing that. Yeah. And that's okay. You know? And that's, that's kind of how I see it, man, is like I would love to be able to someday say, like, that's a nice-looking buck, but let's see what else we can find, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, future goals. I, I'm only 35, so I got – a little bit of time. You got at time least left. another thirty years. That's what I'm hoping for, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, as of for like right now, if, if if it's a legal buck, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to get it. Mm-hmm. So, and not just that, you know, the the meat, man, you just can't, you don't get any better meat than than 
you know, what venison. we just ate. Oh, dude, those elk burgers are unbelievable, you man. know, and 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 that's a whole nother side of hunting. I mean, and you know, you've seen me. Everybody knows about the flip flop, and yeah, you know what I mean, and how important the meat is to me, and to be able to throw together a meal like that and us to get to sit down and enjoy some elk burgers off of a bowl that i shot two years ago and yeah you know we had wild boar sausage from a boar that you know was taken god i think two years ago as well or three years ago you know to be able to have that opportunity is just so it's so good dude the food is just unreal i can't believe how good it came out i'm really Dude. I outdid myself on yeah, that. That was you good. did, man. I was, I, mean, I was actually really, really excited. You should about be proud of that meal, dude. <laughs> oh my God, I was, I was a little nervous there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. you know? No, that was phenomenal. You know, and that's the thing, dude. Is like, I have family that's, um, you know, they don't hunt and they don't quite understand it. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, one of them said something like, uh, "You know, you don't need the meat. You don't. You can go to the store and get the meat." And to try to explain to somebody, like, look. There is something spiritual, I guess, about taking an animal that's living the life God created for it, harvesting that animal. Your hands are the only ones that have been on the only ones that have been on that meat, and then turning that into a meal and watching somebody else, you know, be like, "Wow, man, this is awesome, dude!" Having the meat change that that whole thing. I was telling you when I was quartering out that deer and in the back of my mind I'm like this is the last time you know don't cry don't cry you know um but then when we started Dad almost nailed you yeah, on that one. yeah yeah I did uh but um when we started eating the meat it just it gave you gave me a totally different perspective on it mm-hmm. it's like dude this was sense of value that's a perfect way to put it and 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 you really just can't beat that you know and it's like we did we did everything on that meat and i'm like like i told you before i'm not a good cook i'm slowly getting better but you know uh to serve up some venison and my daughter's like man this is great you know it's like that's there's just something about it man that you can't it's not like buying a steak at costco and cooking it up that's a sense of pride too but nothing like saying hey I killed this animal, or my daughter did, <laughs> but I cut it up and I cooked it, and you know everybody's enjoying it. It's, it's just, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, man. That, you know, for me growing up, I mean, I kind of grew up in a community where if you hunted, you know, you were looked down upon, right? Which is a little different than where you're at. Yeah. And you know, this is back in the '90s when it was way more acceptable than it is now. It's actually, I feel. There's a pendulum swift and or switch, and I feel like it's becoming more acceptable again. Um, but I mean, I grew up abalone feed, striped bass, sturgeon, halibut, salmon, you know, rock cod, fucking venison hindquarters, elk hindquarters, like elk burgers. You name it, we ate it, and that we do huge parties, you know, fifty, hundred people parties. And, yeah. And watching all of these non-hunters and maybe even some anti-hunters coming together in one place and enjoying and celebrating the meat Mm -hmm. and celebrating how good the meat is, is such an amazing experience. And it's almost identical to what you're talking about with your meat, where it's just like, it's spiritual almost in a sense it really is man and it's just people don't have a connection to to 
to the food they eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I remember at church one time I was doing a Bible study and I was getting ready to go hunting or some, somewhere. I can't remember. And she said, um, real nice lady, but opinionated. And she said, I just don't know how you could see a beautiful animal and, and just want to shoot it. And I said, hey, you know, I understand. There's nothing. I, I respect the vegetarian lifestyle. Hey, if that's your thing. She was like, I'm not a vegetarian. I was like, oh. And she goes, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And I was like, well, then do you want to keep having this conversation? Because if you're not a vegetarian, then you really don't have a leg to stand on about eating wild game. That's yeah. just the facts, yeah. you know, in my opinion. Anyway. I, you know what? That's a lot of people's opinions, though. And and. I think actually it's beneficial to the hunting community because a lot more people are kind of wanting to know where their meat's coming from. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting that experience, that one hand experience where they shot it, they cleaned it, they cooked it. Yeah. You know, and that's one hand, the whole. And I think that's great, man. You've talked several times about uh, maybe people with different political views or, mm-hmm. or different leanings that want to get into a hunting, you know, community and start trying it and giving it a shot. We should. Em- embrace people like that you know yeah. people that think differently from us we should embrace them anyway but you know if they want to get in there and and you know get into hunting and stuff that's awesome we should uh, hunters and i say hunters very you know loosely loosely <laughs> right because like I, said, I haven't even killed a deer yet you know yeah. i've tried but, but that's I've, okay y- yeah i just you know um but i think uh um man if anybody wants to try it I I think that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. So for you, I mean, how, how in tune to, to archery hunting are you? I just got a bow two weeks ago, man. Mm -hmm. And I can't put it down. (laughs) And you've been coming out to West coast for like a year now. Yeah. Yeah. For your archery products. Right. Well, for, for Gwenny's, you know, she got, she got her, uh, uh, recurve bow Mm -hmm. and so um you know we went out there and got her that and i've always wanted a bow and then finally like two or three weeks ago whatever it was my wife's like would you just go get a bow she's like you've been talking about it for like years and you know you have money saved up just just go get it how cool is that i'm gonna side note this coming from you know whatever it was 10 years ago or or however long 16 years ago yeah and her saying, I'd leave you if you hunt. <laughs> and here she is telling you to go get a bow and get into archery and pick it up. Dude, that woman is... That's amazing, man. She is the most supportive and loving, you know, she's just, she's the best. How beautiful is that, man? Fuck. Dude. That's and, so awesome, dude. And and it's crazy because she won't eat anything that either me or my daughter kill or... Anybody else that brings yeah. meat over. She's not into it. Not into it. And, you know, which she is not a big meat eater anyway. She's chicken. Mm-hmm. That's, but for her to be so supportive and say, look, just go get it. You have the money. You know, just, she just go do it. She loves you. She does. 100%. Yes. All of the way through and through. She loves you and supports you. And that's just so awesome. You know what I mean? Like, you can't recreate that you can't buy that you can't fucking there's no value on that you know and i i appreciate that i appreciate your wife a lot for that that's fucking rad dude yeah she's uh she's stubborn but But we're just as stubborn in our own direction oh my gosh it's ridiculous (laughs) what she has put up with for me 
from me is just uh, that woman's got a, a heart, and I, I just I love her to death, man. We we got married when I was 18; she was 19, I think. And uh, at our 10-year anniversary, my buddy Ozzy goes, <laughs> he's all, dude, I can't believe it. He's all, at your wedding on your wedding day. I told my girlfriend at the time, a year. I give it a year. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. And 17. that was his girlfriend at the time, and yeah. he's still married. <laughs> yeah, 17 years later, man. She's uh, But as far as archery goes, man, I'm so stinking stoked to, to get up in the mountains for archery season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've been, I set up a little uh, 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 target in my backyard. I built a stand for it and everything. And, you know, now she's almost regretting telling me to get the bow because she's got to drag me inside because I've, I shoot maybe I don't know 50 to 100 arrows a day just just cuz it's fun dude mm-hmm. I just enjoy it so I'm um, I'm really looking forward to going after something with my bow how cool you know and it's funny because I never really wanted to do that because I always thought like look if I haven't gotten nothing with a rifle that I can shoot at 300 350 fairly decent what makes me think I'm going to get within 50 yards of a deer you know but again it's not just about the kill if i don't get one for 10 years or whatever i'll still be going up to took the mountains. me 11 man did it really took me 11 years to harvest my first animal out of the state of california no how old Big were game. you 22 oh really yeah yeah so i've been hunting for quite a while it took a little break in there but uh yeah that's funny uh, I took a little break in there for, for for a bit, but you know, came back to it in full force. And you know, a lot of it was when I was a youth and growing up. All you got is weekends. Kind of, yeah. you got a full day Saturday and part of a day Sunday. Yeah. You know, and and then also coming from a cement sea, coming from the city. Yeah. Not a big city, but you know, coming from Marin County. Um, when I got into my mid-teens, it kind of turned more into wanting to hang out with my friends and do stuff with my friends and not wanting to miss an opportunity you know of social life at home sure you know but yeah it took me took me quite some time you know and 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 that my grandfather who hunted california since the 20s um he always said man it was 10 years 10 years before most hunters will get their first animal no kidding well see that makes me feel better then i'm three down yeah. Seven to go. <laughs> right? You know, I, it's, it's just one of those things, like, if you don't love it, you won't do it, mm-hmm. you know, because if... You have to love more of it than just killing the animal. Exactly. exactly. Because if it's just killing the animals, like <laughs> what you were saying, if that's the only experience that you're going to take away from it, you're going to lose interest real quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is, like, uh, I asked my daughter... Did you like deer hunting or, you know, was, was that your favorite thing we did? She goes, actually, she's, I had a great time. You know, I loved it. She said, but I like squirrel hunting, you know. And for me, even even my hunting friends are like, I don't know how you eat squirrel, dude. That's just gross. Those are tree rats. Squirrel's supposed to be really good. Squirrel's phenomenal, Is dude. It? Yeah, and you get up in the, uh, you know, the D zones, mm-hmm. and you got those gray squirrel that are the size of house cats, dude. <laughs> They're huge. They're, it's a blast, man. Yeah. And so, you know, that's... I haven't gotten a deer, but... How many squirrels make a meal? Uh, 
two squirrels will feed two people, you yeah. know, depending on the size of the squirrel. Yeah. yeah. And what do you do with it? You skin it out and cook it whole? or Skin it out. Uh, like, I, um, I've i quartered it out and put it in spaghetti, uh-huh. you know, and then um, barbecued it whole. That was a little eh, iffy. Yeah, a little iffy. Um and then, I feel like a slow cook stew, or like, dude, you know, stuff like that, or or like you said with spaghetti and spaghetti and a meat sauce. Yeah, like, I, I haven't like slow. Are, I haven't slow cooked any yet, but I did uh, quarter it out and fried it, and that was really good. Kind of like, um, kind of like chicken wings, and they're it's it's good meat, man, and it's a lot of fun. You know, you're up in the mountains. You see them all over the place, so it, it's it's a blast, especially for kids. If you want to get, because a lot of kids, you know, especially 12, 13, they won't sit and and glass for three hours. Yeah. But if you want to get them up there for the day and chase squirrels around with a 22 or a 12 gauge or something, it just gets them active, gets them involved, and and you know, gets there's get, a little bit more reward in it. Exactly. It's yeah. It's a quicker reward, I should say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You don't pay off. Generally, you don't have to wait 10 years to get a squirrel. You know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But it's uh, it's fun. Right on, man. Right on. So, what brings you to West Coast? Like, because you've you've been there quite a few times. What what for you is has been bringing you to West Coast? Well, I I first went there, um, you know, because I to bring you a sign. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and then we were there hanging out, and uh, my daughter was like looking at the recurve bows. I was like, "You want to shoot one?" She's like, "Yeah, I want to shoot a bow." And she's left-handed, you know, like Hillary. And uh, they, <laughs> and uh, they, so they hooked her up. And dude, honestly, it was just the service. The guy that was working with her was an older guy, but man, he spent, and he didn't know if we were going to spend any money. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. That's what I call him. Oh, really? <laughs> but he was awesome with her. And I'd, I'd never shot a bow. I think once or twice in my life, and so I didn't know what to show her or anything. But he just spent a lot of time. And um, um, got her a bow and got her to shooting, and it was getting close to her birthday. Mm-hmm. And every year since she was born, for Christmas and her birthday, I get her a daddy gift, which is something just for me. It's usually a knife, some type of weapon, um, or a tool, or something like that. You know, she, she's my son, mm-hmm. and so, so I was like, "Do you like this bow?" She's like, "Dad, this is awesome. I love it." I said. This will be your daddy gift for your 16th birthday. She's like, okay, let's do Done it. Deal. Yeah, I'm Sign I'm down. Me up. So so we got her the bow, and um, she shot it quite a bit. But she's also 16, you know, hanging out with friends and stuff. So when I was ready for a bow, um, I was like, uh, dude, I'm going to go to West Coast, man. Mm-hmm. And so I actually called Hans, and I asked him for uh, a diamond something or other. And he goes, well, why do you want that one? I was like, I got decent reviews, and someone else I know has one. And he was like, well, you know, I got these bows. And he goes, I would recommend against that for this reasons or whatever. You know, nothing against Diamond. But yeah. And so um, I told him my budget. And he goes, I can set you up with this one. He said, but if you can hold off and save up $100 more, uh, there's a, a better one, which was the Mission Switch. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, this one I think would be a lot better. So I was like, all right. And then my wife pushed me, said, just go do it. So I went down there and um, took my buddy Brad with me. And I told Hans, I said, what I'd like to do is I'd like to get them both set up and I'd like to shoot them both without knowing which one's more expensive. Because, if, at least for me, in my mind, more expensive means better. 
but that does it's not always the case you know so i shot them both and uh the mission just man it, it was just it just shot nicer not that i had a whole lot to uh reference off of mm -hmm. but compared to the other one i shot it just it felt a lot better it was quieter night and day yeah big time so mm -hmm. um so dude he he probably spent an hour and a half with us mm -hmm. you know and he, he was just super nice um very knowledgeable from what i excuse me from what i could tell and it, it, it was just great service you yeah. know really good service and so my my buddy brad got his restrung he brought his up with us <laughs> so he got his restrung is so we had to come back a week later so we decided oh we'll go fishing in the bay that friday and then we'll head head to Pot petaluma yeah so we did petaluma yeah <laughs> and we uh we went to the archery shop and and um he was restringing the bow and the whole time brad was talking about the matthews and he's like dude i gotta talk Lindsay into one of these man which is his wife and uh i was like you do you man i don't i don't want no part of that for fight. him though for him yeah, yeah. for so him he needs to talk his wife into letting him get the matthews yes. you know yeah. so then <laughs> he actually um that was last friday and then he called me last night he's all i did it dude I'm going on Friday to go get the uh, to go get the Matthews. You want to go? I was like, Yeah, I'll go. So, so now he's he's a diehard customer of West Coast, man. Mm -hmm. Just really great service and yeah. and hot, talk about an awesome dude. Yeah, man, 100% respectable human being, man. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I've been going to the shop for you know roughly 10 years, and it's just unbeatable service, friendship. Yeah. You know, the atmosphere of the shop, everybody that comes in and out of there. Well, that's the whole thing, dude, is because I went in and I was honest with him. I was like, dude, I don't know Anything. left from right. <laughs> I know nothing. And he didn't make me, you know, feel stupid or, or you know, um, he, he was just super cool. And he explained everything to me and, and kind of gave me some choices and stuff. And, dude, just didn't – I wasn't intimidated at all, mm -hmm. you know. It, it was just a really cool atmosphere. There's, like – three or four guys in there not even looking at stuff just talking and hanging out it's like this is a pretty cool place man so yeah when i need something i'll definitely go through hans cool man that's awesome so how's covid affecting you i mean we're i want to talk about it just because it's it's a big deal right california, now. california coronavirus we're in the thick of this shit uh. we just got extended for 30 more days Dude, you know i won't get on the whole california thing we'll be here for six hours talking <laughs> about it. honestly dude the covid thing it it i really don't care i just don't you know mm -hmm. i'll be respectful of people that want me to stay away from them and you know i totally understand but for me uh dude i i, I just don't care yeah. you know i'm not gonna stay in my house and you know, obviously, there's certain things like I want to take my wife out on a date. We have a restaurant we love going to. Everything's closed down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going on a date is a little bit harder. But <laughs> but other yeah. than that, dude, we'll go up to the mountains. You know, I'm off work right now, so I'm going to make the best of it. Went fishing out in the bay. Went turkey hunting, I don't know, three or four times. You know, I'm, I time is something that I rarely have because I commute. You know, I'm commuting four to five hours a day when I'm working. Mm -hmm. And so 
the one thing I would always, you know, say is like, I just don't have time. So I'm volunteering at church more, you know, reading my Bible more, hunting more, fishing more, <laughs> hanging out with my girls, dude. If you ask me. Connecting. I, I'm, yeah. You're connecting. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it, you know. And I understand How people cool. that, that, you know, they, uh, they love their job and stuff. They're like, man, I just want to get back to work. More power to you. For me, I could live this, the rest of my life like this, no problem. Yeah. So I... I Ah, uh, dude, I just, I just don't care about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not worried. <laughs> I'm not, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing is like, my wife, kind of like you'd said, my wife's convinced she had it in December. Yeah. So she was down for the count for three or four weeks, you know, and she's got a terrible immune system. For some reason, she was just born that way, um, and she got through it. You know, I understand, you know, newborns and kids and the elderly and stuff like that. Dude, I'm, I'm As with any sickness, though. Sure, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, and it's like, I feel like it's getting politicized way too much. Uh-huh. It's blown so far out of proportion, you know. It's, it's really interesting to see our uh, entire world economy come to a 100% standstill yeah. over a virus. Yeah, dude. You know. Yeah. My grandkids are going to ask me what I did during COVID, you know, and it's kind of a weird thing, but we're living in history right now. Oh, yeah. 100%. There will be classes on this 20 years from now. Yeah. You know, history classes or, you know, whatever kind of classes about it. Yeah. And Um, it's, uh, dude, I don't know. For me, it's shown how much control the government really thinks they have and are starting to push and then even when people push back you know doing the the anti-quarantine rallies mm-hmm. they're trying to cite them and arrest them and stuff like that and isn't it, that crazy it, shit dude the land of the free <laughs> you know um on my, on my stupid facebook page one of my favorite things i have is it's george washington it says me and my homies would have been stacking bodies by now yeah you know <laughs> and it, it's just a dumb thing but it's a funny meme yeah man. it is it's hilarious but it's like how far are we going to be pushed until we push back you know yeah. well and i think in a lot of today's society there's a lot less people that are willing to push back yeah you know because we have such a vast population yeah you know and and the amount of i think one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have with freedom is freedom is responsibility of yourself right 100 percent raw responsibility for yourself and your actions and paying consequences you know for your own actions right and and i think for a lot of people in society and especially as population density gets, you know, thicker or however you want to say it, we run into those issues where people don't, they might say they want freedom, but they don't want freedom because of the amount of responsibility that comes along with it. You know, so I think it's an, it's an interesting time that we're living in. Oh, dude, it's it's very interesting. People I, would much rather have the government make decisions for them. Yeah, I don't hang out with those people. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, I teach firearm safety, right, as a, a side business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, when everything first kind of started coming to a head, 
dude, within a week period, I had 12 or 15 people get a hold of me and say, hey, dude, I've never bought a gun before, but I need one. H- how do I do this? You know? And you have to wait fucking yeah, forever. Exactly, <laughs> dude. I was it. like, dude, you know, I I even said, hey, I'll I'll go with you to a few of my friends. We'll go check stuff out. But first of all, their selections way down. Ammo selections almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. And then they have to wait ten days if they even decide to get one. You know, there. And they have to wait to buy their ammo too. Yep. Yep. Except so, for that little window of opportunity everybody had. Yeah, that three days of freedom California had. Yeah. <laughs> Happened with the 30-round mags, though. It did. It yeah. did. Freedom Week. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... And a magazine is not a clip. <sighs> Thank you. Even my dad. I love my dad to death. <laughs> I like, he's like, oh, did you bring extra clips or whatever? He's like, no, I didn't because I don't own any of those. Those are magazines. You yeah. know, I, I love them, but... There's, a, there's one rifle that took a clip. Might have been more than one, but that, for sure one that I know. Was that the uh, M1 Grand? M1 Grand, man. That's dude. Those are great rifles, man. Ping. Yep. Eight shots. Ping. Those uh, those things, dude. Those older rifles are so smooth sometimes. Dude, they're that that rifle is why we were able to win World War Two, and one of the coolest little facts of information about the M1 Grand was that. Um, American soldiers, when they were in the trenches fighting the Nazis, um, they would be in a firefight, and they'd shoot two shots, and then they would take an empty clip and throw it. And the Germans would hear ting, and they would think that the American soldiers were out of ammunition and reloading, so they would come up to return fire. Really? And the American soldiers would still have five rounds or you know six rounds left in their in their clip, and they'd be able when the Germans would pop up, they'd shoot them. And I mean that's dude, that's an interesting piece of pretty, trivia. I was dude, I used to collect all kinds of all of that stuff. I that's awesome. Man. I love I love well. So the the M one the M one Grand was the the precursor to the M fourteen. The M fourteen right. hands down is one hundred percent. My favorite rifle, not an M1A or, you know, the SOCOM or, you know, an actual traditional, you know, true M14 battle rifle. And, uh, I mean, that you want to talk about, in my opinion, two of the best weapons platforms ever created is the 1911 and the M1 Grand, which turned into the M14 down the road. And you, you can't. In my opinion, as far as battles concerned, you can't. I mean, I'm sure people would say Glock or this or that. You know what, though? Here's here's the way I see it. If if a war was won on the back of one particular platform of weapon, then that platform deserves to be respected and remembered. Oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? 100%. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Those, those are good guns. And the 1911s, man, people can talk crap about that's ah, a boomer gun or whatever you know it's all about glock which i love glocks glock 19 yeah. is i can't hit the side of a barn with a glock really that's I how i am hit, with beretta i can hit an eight inch steel at 50 yards with a 1911 <laughs> yeah. and a two pound trigger pull all day long it's funny how you know that's why there's so many i i guess it's just like bows you know there's mm-hmm. so many different kinds and everybody it's all about what feel- fits your hand the best exactly man. and it, exactly what you said it's the same thing with bows dude you know people like hoyt people like matthew people like PSE or excuse me all the different styles of bow and when people come to me and they're like hey 
what bow should I buy? I'm like, don't ask me what bow you should buy. You need to go to an actual pro shop, sit down and say, this is my budget. Give me all your bows that you have in this budget price range mm -hmm. and let me shoot every single one of them. And then whichever one fits in their hand the best, that's the bow they buy. Dude, well, what you had said about a pro shop, I remember you had talked about it on one of your podcasts before, and um, I, that just made so much sense to me, mm -hmm. you know, because I live right down the street from Bass Pro Shop in Manteca. You know, I, I don't live in Manteca, but I'm 15-minute drive from there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know anybody that works in there or whatever, but I do know that if I'm going to go spend a chunk of money on something that I know nothing about, I want to talk to the most knowledgeable person I can find. Not right? a floor clerk. Yes, exactly. And yeah. nothing against anybody that works there, yeah. but I don't... If, if, if a Cabela's or a Bass Pro Shop is going to give you a lot different of an experience than if you're going to go to an actual pro shop that's strictly selling bows with individuals who are passionate about the sport. Right, right. You go there, you know that they're not going to hire some... Some kid that just needs a summer job that doesn't know anything, you know, mm -hmm. the, it's, it's a bow shop. That's what they do. That's all they do. It's their profession. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So why would I not go, even if it was $100 more, I mean, you know, if you're going to spend, I'd rather spend a lot of money on something I like than a little bit of money on something I don't really like, yeah. you know? So I, I just, I think it's, uh, it's just way better, dude. <laughs> you know, that's what they do. Like you said, yeah. that's their entire profession is to put bows in people's hands and yeah. the right equipment. And I like Hans. He was doing a uh, uh, Instagram Live with Corbin Archery, and I was watching it. One of the things he said, he said, we like to give you the most bow for your money because you can always upgrade a site. You can always upgrade a rest and all that stuff. But the, the frame itself, we want to give you the most of that we can for your money. Yeah. And it made sense to me. Yeah, because everything else, like... You know, in a month, you can save up enough to get a nice bow sight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you, in another month after that, you can save up to get a nice rest. You know, but initially, taking that first investment and getting a really good bow makes all of the difference when you're in the field. I would imagine it would. Yeah. I mean... You'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. You know? <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, it's like uh, uh, my scope for my rifle. Eh, it's a piece of crap. I need a better one. I was talking to my buddy about it, and I guess I didn't realize how bad it was until I shot his, mm -hmm. you know. And he's like, dude, I'll tell you what. When you see an animal on the other end of your scope, you'll be glad you spent every dollar you possibly could on that scope. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've told you before, I, I'm cheap, dude. I'm naturally cheap. My buddy told my wife the first time she sees a $20 bill, she's going to leave me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's hard for me to spend money, um, but I won't use credit. Everything's got to be cash. Yeah. I, I don't do credit. I, I played that game and lost, were man. You a, were you a Dave Ramsey guy at all? Oh, or? big time. Dave big Ramsey's a like fucking... That's that's how I ended up buying my house. Was Is Dave it really? Ramsey. Oh, 100%. Dude. And that was back when he was still on... God, what radio station was 650 right after Armstrong and Getty? Yeah. And that's like 2010, I think, maybe. Dude. 2009. It was a long time ago. That, that was, which is weird to think about, dude. Yeah, the, Dave Ramsey's fucking radio show. The dude is just, his whole platform, his whole, you know, the, 
I like what he says. Live like no one else so later on you can live like no one else, dude. Mm-hmm. Pay off all your debt, everything, mm-hmm. and then you don't really have a whole lot to worry about. Yeah. You know? Well, that and one other thing that he says that I love a lot is that life is better than I deserve. And that statement in itself, and especially for me, you know, a recovered alcoholic of 15 years, you know, yeah. I've been sober for 15 years. And, and uh, you know, my life is better than I deserve. And it's a task sometimes to remember that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and when I find myself, when I'm not um, giving that any recognition, I find myself in worse mental states. Big right? time. You know, lack of gratitude, you know, um, taking relationships for granted, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and when I am living in that state that he would always talk about smiling and just saying life's better than I deserve and knowing that and believing that in my heart of hearts, life's always better. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I do. I agree a hundred percent, you know, and as my dad always said, he said, your attitude is your choice, man. Mm -hmm. If you're angry, you're choosing to be angry. If you're upset, you're choosing to be upset, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and like you said, is it's like your, your mentality is so important in life to be grateful for the things you have. You know, if you have nine things and all you can think about is that 10th thing you don't have, that's a, that's a rough way to live, dude. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody. You we know all I mean? are. Dude, it's ebb and flow, isn't it? Yeah, it, you know? it definitely is. Some days are better than others. Yeah. And some days are way fucking worse <laughs> than others. You know, and and, and that, that's a big thing, man. It, you know, and that's why, like, I try to smile and I try to laugh a lot and try to enjoy life as much as I can. You know, because sometimes we'll get caught up in whatever bullshit proverbial bullshit you yeah. know and and sometimes one of my biggest things to help me get through that kind of stuff is like is this gonna matter five months from now am i even gonna think about this a second time mm-hmm. six months from now like am i even gonna give this thought and usually the answer is no i'm not and when i can come to that reality in my head instantly everything gets better yeah. Because then it's like, why am I wasting my fucking time on this <laughs> bullshit now? Exactly. Why you know? am I going to be all upset about something that Has six no, months from now? No effect. I won't even remember. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I'm, a lot of different guys I work with, I do construction as my, you know, my job and everything. And most of them are real cool and everything. But, you know, my one buddy, he just... He's. I'm trying to get him to lighten up a little bit, not to be so upset all the time. You know, <laughs> it's like, dude, it's not that big a deal. Mellow out, bro. Yeah. So your your burger is well done instead of medium rare. Kick him down some <laughs> CD. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it's a. Um, but you're right, dude. Your mentality is definitely a choice. And Dave Ramsey. Oh mm. my gosh, dude. Just the the stuff that he he says and his uh um, you know snowball effect. Mm-hmm. I like what he says. He says it's simple. But it's not easy, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not. You see all this stuff you want, and it's like, I I could go get that right now if I want to, but I shouldn't, you know. Beans and rice, man. <laughs> That's right. Beans and rice. Man, I can't, I can't tell you how long I perfected for myself. You know, I used to do um, ground venison and beans and rice, and that was my meal 
two meals a day. Really? For years. For years. Until I bought the house, yeah. No kidding. Oh man. yeah, man. Like that and that was just all because Dave Ramsey was like, Hey man, beans and rice. You can buy it by the twenty five, fifty pound <laughs> sacks and soak it in water and, and it's good to go and you're getting your, your stuff that you need, add yeah. some vegetables and you know, I hunted all my own meat, so my meat was cost free. Yeah. I mean except except for tags and gas, but yeah. you know, trivial. Well, that's the thing is, is you know, it's like um, if we can learn, like my wife's grandma, she's 96, and, you know, she was born uh, during the Depression. Her husband was in World War II, you know, and her mentality is so different than people's now, you know. It's like she, everything's about saving, you know. If you don't have a certain amount of sa- of savings and a cushion to fall back on, well, then you don't get a new TV. You don't go buy that car. You don't go out to dinner. You know what I mean? You stash that away until you have a nest egg, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I, I've always loved her mentality on that. And same thing, basically, Dave Ramsey's mentality. Yeah, exactly what it is. Six yeah. months, I think. Yeah, six months. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It is, man. Right on, man. Do you have any... Uh suggestions or advice to any other new hunters that might be trying to get into hunting in California? Um, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. You know, I think especially uh, guys, you know, we're so prideful that we're <laughs> we're afraid to ask ad- for help. Yeah, we're afraid to admit we don't know something. We're afraid to we're afraid to look stupid, you know. Yeah. And, uh, dude ask if, if you have a knowledge of wealth and you know some of the people you're around your podcast different there, there's so much out there just don't be afraid to ask questions and, and freaking get out and do it man yeah and don't get all butthurt when somebody makes fun of you yeah because that's bound to happen i've been doing it a long time man and and a couple of my buddies that i do stuff with they make fun of me because i'm still learning really every time i go out i'm learning more man yeah every single time i go out you know and and I constantly am just trying to put myself in position to be around people that can constantly teach me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's been one of the biggest benefits for me is just always trying to remain teachable and always trying to put myself around people who can teach me and I can I can look at, you know, their hunting path or, you know, what they've hunted and their success in their hunts. Um, and when I say success, I mean animals killed and harvested. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can learn from what they've done. You know, because if I get to a point where I'm no longer teachable, that's when I'm going to start failing as a hunter because then there's nothing else I can learn. That doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. It's well, not just failing as a hunter, failing as a person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're absolutely right. No matter, there's always something to learn. There's always something to improve on in every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good you are at what you do. You can always learn something from somebody. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, I guess we'll end with that. All right. Yeah. And for all you left-handers out there, you know, <laughs> just remember that Hillary Clinton's left-handed too. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. 
you can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.